welcome to the Fast Messy Action Podcast with me, Camille Plews. I'm here to help business owners to have more freedom in all areas of their business, to have location independence and more family time. Here you'll find a blend of energetics, strategy and mindset with lots of stories and tips and tricks to help you grow your dream business while having lots of fun and actually getting stuff done, no matter what your commitments are outside of this business or how crazy your family life is. This is all about taking fast, messy, purpose-driven action to build your dream business and life. Thank you so much for joining us today. So today we have Imbal in for a chat. Now, Imbal is the psychic's psychic. Imbal, introduce yourself. Let us know more about what it is that you are doing. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here chatting to you. Um, my name is Imbal and I work primarily around tarot cards, the astrology space, and that kind of leaks over onto manifesting and um, sort of using everything in your mystical toolbox to create the uh, the future that you want. I'm known for being uh, very straight talking, uh, very blunt, and my passion with this work is making the entire mystical world as accessible as it is for everybody. It doesn't belong to men in crypts, taking notes with their quill all the mystical world belongs to all of us and I love talking to people um, who go through different stages of life and finding out how they can kind of elevate to the next stage whether it's uh, changing countries or whether it's uh, leaving the day job whether it's going back to a day job um, whether it's um, going through a separation or issues with kids. I love really, really being a bread and butter psychic that deals with the real issues that people go through in life. Oh, I love that. The bread and butter psychic. Obviously, I'm bound to say like, you are amazing. But you know, you are so down to earth and you are so just genuine and honest. And I love how you just said then you are so straight talking. You just tell you how it is, which I find to be so true. You really, really do. So tell us more about the the kinds of people that you've been working with, the kinds of work that you've been doing, but also doing this whilst being a busy mum. So my passion has always been, like I said, sort of going through the regular um, life changes, but those regular life changes literally happen to everyone. And so some of my clients will be going through... um, court battles to keep hold of their children um some clients have been um priests uh, which I didn't know until sort of the very end um some would be solicitors uh but there'd be people from literally any country on earth you should have seen how thrilled I was um when I got to chat to someone from Kazakhstan because I had never even met face to face someone from Kazakhstan and they came to me when I was working in the shop it was a husband and wife and I saw that they looked Southeast Asian but spoke Russian and I was like what is that and I was like wait are you guys from Kazakhstan and they're like yes how did you know I was like because I am so excited um I think Possibly even to a point where my excitement could have come across as impolite, but it absolutely <laughs> was. 
Um, and the questions that people ask range absolutely across the board. And um, every week I'll hear at least one person going, look, I'm really sorry if, you know, if it's inappropriate to talk about this. I'm really sorry if this question is impossible, if this question is too hard. Um, so I've had a woman wanting to get pregnant, asking which position would be the most effective <laughs> wow but, you know, that's, that's deep that, yeah yeah that was the answer <laughs> joking joking um and I've um spoken to people who are cheating and wanting to know like which partner to pick and it's awful for them to confess it because they haven't confessed it to anybody but when you need answers you need answers and on um, obviously the opposite end of the fence, I've had people cheated on who receive a reading and want to know whether the person is unfaithful. Um, the way that I deal with um, tarot readings specifically is that any question has an answer. I think that's also the way I deal with life. Every problem has a solution. Every question has an answer. Okay. And I also really believe, and that might be a little bit more esoteric but I really believe that every question contains its own answer and so really as you ask the question the words that you use might already betray where the answer lies because no one knows you better than you know yourself and it's something that I um, incorporate even when I deal with my own problems I will think of whatever I'm going through, go over it, go over it, go over it. You know, when your brain gets like a washing machine, go over it, go yeah. over it, go over it. And then an answer will pop up. So what I do for you is uh, basically cut that process. I tell you what already is there, what's already in your mind, because I think the mark of a really good psychic reading is that what you're hearing will sound familiar. It's not going to sound like a surprise. You already know what's going on. You know what's going on better than anybody. And you probably know what the solution is, but you're a bit fearful. You're a bit afraid to, uh, say, leave the convenient marriage um, because it is very scary out there. Or you might be fearful of um, starting an exercise regime and maybe you're scared that you'll be a different person you know once you shed all the weight um, you might be frightened to have babies because you come from a family where children were seen and not heard and you don't want to be that kind of a parent so the tarot the way I work with the tarot it gives you an answer and also it gives you a lot of detail around it so that you've got some clues who's going to help you on the way there. Um, the emotions that you're going to go through, because, you know, quite frankly, if you're expecting anxiety, then at least it takes away the element of surprise. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. I find all of this so fascinating. I know we've had many conversations about it and, you, and you've done my cards for me as well. And I just find it so fascinating. I really do. And there's just so much more to learn about all of this. I still find it really shocking every time I get feedback and it's like multiple times a day. Uh, but just yesterday, yesterday, this morning, <laughs> the days blend into one in mum life. 
Um, I had a message from somebody who had an email reading. So an email reading is kind of more hard work for me, which is why I love it, um, because because I have nothing to go on. Nobody's in front of me nodding. Nobody's on the end of the phone going, uh-huh, uh-huh. So I've just got to run with it. Um, and he gave me a whole load of feedback. It was a big reading. So it was, you know, general and 15 questions and quite detailed stuff. And he was like, yeah, you're right about my dad. And yeah, you you got it spot on about my holidays coming up. And you got it spot on about my self-esteem at the moment being um, really low. And then uh, that was a very nice message. And then like two hours later, I had another message from him going, you said my daughter is going to go on holiday to Thailand. She just rang me to tell me. And it absolutely wow. floored me because I remember like typing um, in the email and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll kind of share my internal monologue, which is probably not super holistic, but I, I kind of go, this is impossible. How would I know something like that? And I'm like, type, 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 type. How can that be? Yes, I'm hearing this and I'm seeing pagodas. And I wrote it for him because um, yeah. I think it's very it's very good to share the process. Um, yeah. So I said, I'm seeing pagodas. It looks like Thailand. Maybe it's India. I don't know. But, you know, but this is uh, this is what I'm seeing. So I'm sharing the vision with him. And my brain is going, this can't be. And the other side of my brain is going, do you know, if it's really inaccurate, maybe he just won't remember it. Maybe he'll be able to take the message away from it. So that's sort of going, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the conversation through my brain the entire day when I'm working. But I think because I share the process and I say exactly what I see, then if it is a little inaccurate, we can kind of backtrack and find where it is, like what vision I saw, maybe it didn't mean this, maybe it meant, you know, the other thing. Yeah. Um, so he got back to me after he's finished giving me all the feedback going, yeah, my daughter just rang. They are going to Thailand. How oh, did you do it? And I was like, I don't just, know. That is just know. incredible. But it does. It absolutely blows my mind because I wasn't raised as a believer. I was raised in a you know hardworking home where people woke up at 6 a.m. and went to work at 7. And yeah. uh, we weren't really religious. We were certainly not like spiritual or mystical. You know, I was born in the 70s. There were harsh times. <laughs> Very harsh times. Very harsh times. So I approach it from wanting to give the kind of reading I would want to receive. Yeah. I want receipts. I want facts. I want to know what is happening. I want to know when it's happening. And I want to know who to trust and who not to trust. Oh, I love that. But the work itself has always been really, really natural. The thing is that I started this work, um, I want to say 23 years ago, and the world was still very kind of divided between believers and not believers and when I say the world I mean England because this is where I work and 23 years ago we didn't have zoom and uh, social media didn't exist I don't know how we can wrap our heads around it and yeah. um, if you wanted to phone abroad it was a very expensive commitment um, so my clients abroad would have like postal readings postal wow. I would write a letter with my hand fold it up, put an envelope and stick a stick a stamp on it. So people in England were really split between people that really believed it and went to psychics regularly and would have healing and between people who absolutely didn't. 
And so when I settled to figure out how to spread the word and how to get more clients, that was the stumbling block. Doing the actual work has always been so aligned with who I am. And I feel so privileged that this is the work that I do, that I get to call this a career. Not that I didn't love my other careers. I worked in shops beforehand, absolutely loved working in shops. And before that, I was a waitress. And there is nothing that pleases a Jewish woman more than giving food to people. (laughs) So, So I've loved all of my careers. But I feel like the fact that I get to do my favorite hobby for a living is such a phenomenal turn of events. And I'm so thankful for it. The work itself was always fun. The salesmanship part of it was something that I had to learn and to take advice and and to see how other people did it. Because uh, if I can, if I can share my first piece, is that putting an ad in a paper in the local paper is not the way to do it. (laughs) So that's how you did it as well in the in the beginning phases, was it you would put ads in the local paper? Wow. So I put an ad in one of those free magazines that they used to give, like colour magazines used to give out in London. Uh, so I yeah. put an ad just a single time. It was a good size ad, got a lot of um, information in it, zero calls. And I had a four week running small ad with my paper, um, sorry, with my number in the local paper. And I got like a discount for running it four times. Again, zero calls. Wow. And then one bright morning, and I used to work in a psychic fair. So I worked in a psychic fair uh, four nights a week. And um, that was like evening. So the psychic fair would finish at 10, 11. I'd get home like on on the last tube train and sleep in. And very early in the morning, the yellow pages rang. And I thought, that's funny. Maybe they got my number from from the local paper. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So they're, they're there sort of selling advertising. I um, picked up, they said it's the yellow pages. I hung up immediately. And then I sat bolt upright and I thought, wait, what if that was an opportunity? What if that was a sign? So I couldn't ring back to the other pages because, again, callback didn't really exist. This is the year 2000 we're talking about. People who were born then are probably now parents themselves. Um, So I looked (laughs) for my actual copy of the yellow pages because there was no Google on phones or anything. They were massive back then. Remember all the people? They were huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were like by. I was in a share house. So the yellow pages was by, by the front door. Yeah, it was very thick. Like you'd stand on it to get to the top shelf. Yeah. Um, uh, and I looked at the very start to see, you know, what do you need to do to advertise with us? And so I rang the yellow pages. I said where I lived and they said uh, putting an ad in our paper book cost this and that much. But a listing is free. So just to put your name there is free. And then they said, you know, we've got a new thing. It's called a website. And that's when like Yale.com was new, new, brand new. It would be, I think it was something like £109 for the year. If you want to, um, you can pay monthly 
And I was like, not really wanting to get into expenses, but also what if it was a sign? So I thought, well, I've got my listing for free, so that's good. And I put it in the in the Yellow Pages online as well. And I got very close to zero calls from it. I got one call, but that one call was from Big Brother, the TV <gasps> show, because I lived in West London in Shepherd's Bush and the first offices of Endemol in the UK were in Shepherd's Bush. So they were looking locally um, as well as nationally. And they were interviewing psychics to do a quick feature um, on a a Friday, Big Brother's Little Brother, to see who we predict would be evicted next. And um, I, I went for the audition and I was cast. I was 25 years old. It's oh just gosh. so crazy how it happened. I had, have I already done TV then? I, I remember, I remember Big Brother and Big Brother's Little Brother. I used yeah. to watch it back in the day, like back in 2000, I used to always be watching Big Brother. It's what everybody was watching. Yeah, was so it was so much fun. It was so much fun and it was a, a paid job and, yeah. you know, and TV pays nicely. So was that um, your first TV um, like appearances? Because you're always on the TV now. I want to get I'm into that in a minute. But you are, and I'm in papers all the time now. But yeah. at the, time, the fact that it even started is crazy to me. Um, it was my first like really big thing. There was one Friday that the power went out in the Big Brother house. So instead of playing Big Brother that evening, they played, they replayed the Big Brother's Little Brother episode. And um, that got something like 12 million viewers. I don't know if people even remember the days that you could get that many viewers for a single program because how many channels were there? There was just four um, channels back then. There was no Netflix. Yeah. There was no Disney Plus. There was nothing. 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 You couldn't even rewind the TV. You'd have to film <laughs> something and then, you know, and then rewind it. So I did Big Brother and then I, I you know what? I don't think badly of me, but I don't remember if Big Brother or Mystic Challenge were the ones that came first. Um UK Living, which was a very, very, very old channel. And at the time it was very, very new, um, which then became very famous for Most Haunted with the lovely Derek Cora and Yvette Fielding. Um, Before Most Haunted, they dipped their toe into psychic programming with a kind of game show, like a psychic game show um, that pitted two psychics against each other to do a reading for an anonymous celebrity. Um, and I was um, I was asked to join that as well. And off the back of the psychics that I met there, I got a couple of radio spots. And off the back of Big Brother, um, I got a couple of newspaper um, mentions. Again, there were no online newspapers then, so it was actually in writing. Physical, I still, I still have... physical printed newspapers. Yes. yes. Yes, smudge and everything. Remember how <laughs> smudge. smudge? I remember <laughs> the fish and chips from the chip shop. They were always in all newspapers. That for food, considering how badly constructed the ink was. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that was the year two thousand, and that was just mind blowing for me because I've always found the field of entertainment to be really easy for me. You know. Most people are uncomfortable hearing their voice, uncomfortable going on camera. They pick holes in themselves. Yeah. I don't really care because 
I because I know that my voice is a little bit bizarre. I never felt I particularly. Oh, thank you. But the quirkiness about it, right? It's not like yes. a radio voice. And I never felt like particularly good looking. So I thought, well, if I go on the screen and it's not really flattering, you know, oh, that's you are beautiful in bow. And it's well, it, it turned out a bit bizarre because I'm actually nicer on screen than I am face to face. I'm not being humble. I'm not I'm not that is so not true. No, I tell you, I tell you the funniest thing, because again, when I, we're really going through history now, when dating sites were like really, really new, a friend of mine convinced me to go on a dating site because um, because I really wanted to, you know, meet somebody. And in the psychic world, all you meet is women and gay men. So that wasn't really <laughs> sort of moving me forward. And so I built a lovely dating profile it wasn't on phones it was like all really real you couldn't see where anybody was because they didn't have those chips on their phones that told you where they were so it was all very yeah. innocent and I remember thinking my pictures are so nice that if somebody sees me in person and sees that I'm five foot one gobby and hairy <laughs> <laughs> well he's you know 15 years later he's over there and he's you know working from home and there's four beautiful children oh which kind of brings us to your next question doesn't it yeah absolutely about doing all of this with children so sorry the sound cut out a little bit there so oh, did you say sorry. you met your husband on the dating site I did I yes did. I've only ever been on the one dating site and that worked out just fine Amazing. I would recommend it but the dating site doesn't exist anymore because it was that long ago. Um, but yeah, so the dating site worked just well. And um, he was clearly not intimidated by the fact that my photos and, you know, and <laughs> my face were a bit awkward. Uh, but yeah, sort of just to sum up that I've I've always found TV work, radio work, um, newspaper stuff really easy and natural because it's just my personality. I have a very big personality. I'm very loud. Absolutely uh, natural. Such it's, a natural. And I've seen you on the telly so many times. So Imbal's always on Channel 4. It is Channel 4, isn't it? It's Def's Pat Lunch. I'm sure it's Channel yes. 4. Yes, it is. So the amount of times that I've seen you on there, I'm like, there's Imbal on the telly again. Um, oh. I'll be at my nan's house having a cup of tea and there's Imbal on the telly. Oh. <laughs> Tell us a bit more about that. It's just so incredible. And also doing that, you've got four kids and so being amongst kids. the kids and, and being the the main carer of your kids and yeah. you know having limited childcare like tell us more about that and how you managed to fit it all in yeah it's it's no small thing because when um you know how you go into motherhood and you're like really naive and you think I should be able to carry on everything and you manage to carry on nothing not even showering or eating yeah um, so just before my daughter was born, we left London and came to live in Yorkshire, which is very far away for international listeners. So I couldn't keep up any of my London TV commitments, obviously, but I was still writing and I was still uh, talking to clients. And she was born, it was a cesarean. I was really struggling with breastfeeding, but such is my personality that there was no way I'm failing at breastfeeding. I was absolutely smashing it. Um, so I kept sort of pushing through with mastitis after mastitis oh, and no. um, yeah, and all the pain and all the sort of going around and all the craziness that comes with recovering from surgery. And I actually, I so vividly remember that when she was three weeks old, we had to go so we had to go to Ireland. We had to drive overnight to Ireland uh, for my husband's sister's um, 
wedding and uh, with with a three-week-old baby. And the night before that, I had an article to submit, but there was no time that I could do it in the daytime because she was awake all daytime. So thankfully, she was a good sleeper. So when she slept for six hours, I typed out the article uh, when I was still all confused and, you know, and disorientated. And I vividly remember sort of sitting there typing the article and not for a second, I thought, my priorities are a little bit, you know, they need looking into. <laughs> <laughs> so I kept, I kept doing stuff. I had some very loyal clients. Um, so after one baby, uh, I just took her with me everywhere. I drove down to do like a small TV spot in London and I just had her in the back. I stopped every hour to breastfeed. And then when I got there, the producer, who was a very paternal man, just walked around with her and produced at the same oh, yeah. time. So I kept it all going because I thought, well, that's not going to stop me. She was a really easygoing baby. And also she was daddy's girl. So whenever I needed to do something far away, I'd give it to daddy. Daddy would look after her uh, for a couple of hours every evening, by which I mean he would lay in bed <laughs> reading the paper and she would lay right next to him holding her little teething toy as if Aww. it was the paper. They were like little, a little matching sets, little and large. <laughs> And with with one baby, it really wasn't as hard. Or I look back and I think it really wasn't as hard. When the second baby came two years later, just under two years later, I um, found breastfeeding a little bit easier. So, um, so that was not holding us back quite so much. And his sister was easy to manage because she was really into word games at the time. And so I could breastfeed him while saying to her how do we say such and such in English because I speak Hebrew to her and we could pass hours doing that but I couldn't put in the time to grow the business anymore yeah I had my clients I had some press connections that were sort of still going on I actually made new press connections um, up in Yorkshire so I was in a few interviews but just like one or two per year and um, and it was still going all right when the third baby came that was a bit of a changer because then I had three children at different stages um, my my mum had just passed when he was 14 weeks old so we had been to see her one last time when he was seven weeks old um and at the time I had I used to do uh email readings for uh for another psychic company um so that was sort of going well but then that psychic company I found their practices to be unethical and stopped working with them and so that was a big income for me and that was gone and the clients that I still had sort of dwindled and I still couldn't grow the business. And that was kind of hard. And then I had the fourth baby um, two years later. So now I had four children, but still I was sort of unstoppable and I still did bits. And when the fourth baby was small, we looked our finances and I needed to either start up the business again in a very new space because social media was now leading everything and I didn't even have a Facebook profile wow um, yeah <laughs> and 
with a very different attitude because the world has changed and now young people were really into um, the, the psychic thing. But I didn't know if at 30, well, I was 43 when he was born. I didn't know if at 43 I could relate to uh, to my new clients. And um, so we I could either start up the business again or my husband could get me a job in the civil service. But I had been self-employed for so long. And the more I thought about how working regular jobs would involve being normal for big proportions of the time Mm -hmm. and how I thought that if I committed to those jobs, I would have to not be with my children, that I thought, no, I'm, I'm making this work. I'm making this work, even though at the time I had one in primary, no, two in primary school, one occasionally in nursery, like twice a week, and one with me all the time because a breastfed baby is, you know, is not just for Christmas. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) a breastfed baby is glued to you at all times. Um, But my decision was that I am making it work. And I really remember him going for a nap. It was, he would have been about eight months old. It was coming up to Christmas. He went for a nap. The others were in their settings and I started sending emails to people that I used to do psychic parties for and to other entertainment agencies because I still do things the 90s way. Yeah. Email everybody, get in touch with the people, not put up a post and wait for things to happen, not put up an advert and wait for the advert to do its job. Yeah. I'm a face to face kind of person. So I email people, I'd be like, Hey, Ella, I used to do parties for you. I really hope you've had a nice few years. Um, Do they still work? Can I send you some new photos of me? I've had some babies. They're very adorable. And I spent two hours sending that. And that December, I had booked either six or seven Christmas parties. Three of them were on the same day so that I'd have take taxis and they were all in London as well my husband sort of stepped in he did all the childcare on the days that I had to be away um let's put it in perspective that was still like you know six days out of the entire December so I was still sort of doing the majority of the mummying um but just like entertainment I find mummying very fun and natural so you know so it wasn't a hardship um and and it is very privileged for me to have a husband who is a very hands-on dad and you know and enjoys it in his own special way um and so that month I did all the Christmas parties and in one of those Christmas parties I met a lady who was a lady magician and she said you have to go on Instagram and just like with a call from the yellow pages if I get advice I follow the advice it might not work but I gave it a go. Yeah. Well, it's a sign and you have to do it. Exactly. Yeah. I took it as a sign. I went on Instagram, I think maybe 12th of January, let, let the Christmas go. And I've been building up, rebuilding my business now four years on Instagram. And without being so vulgar as to talk about money, what I earned the year before I went on Instagram, I doubled for that year. And then it stayed the same for the year after and then doubled again for the year after and stayed the same for last year. So I found myself just with posting things and engaging 
and you know and taking good advice from good people like yourself <laughs> I found that just the income of um of readings had um quadrupled and another beautiful thing is that the um the internet and social media and being active and being you know yourself and being bubbly and being authentic gets you in touch with the way the press is run now which is very different to how it used to be gets you in touch with uh people who want to know your opinion on the radio gets you in touch with um with people who want to put you in the paper and on television i know that you were in the paper you know quite a few times yeah and it's really the authenticity and who you are as a person that yeah. they connect with because at the end of the day journalists are people they're storytellers yeah. and they want to hear from people who have stories i think a lot of people like think it's a big scary thing to go in the paper or to be featured in a magazine or something like that but it's kind of it's like not when you've done it it's really not and they need people they need people they're constantly yeah. looking for people so you're doing them a favor Exactly. By building that relationship with them anyway, and by exactly. saying, "Hey, yeah, do you want to feature me? This is my story." They're constantly looking for people, and I just find it fascinating how many features you do in newspapers every week. I'm just constantly looking at your Instagram, constantly looking at everything that you are doing. You are constantly being featured and on the telly and in the media, and I just, ah, I'm just in awe of the amount of things that you are doing, as well Thank as you. looking after the kids and everything else. It's just amazing. It, it's amazing to me as well. And obviously, you know, to all young moms out there, you've got to know it does get easier, not easier. It, it does take up fewer hours um, because now all of mine are at school um, and I am, I want to say free, but I'm doing like, you know, quotation marks for free uh, for six hours a day when they're at school. So it's not really free because that's also the time that you do the shop. And that's also the time that you uh, go running because, you know, um, because that's also a part of life. Um, and that's also the time that I might meet up with other moms. That's also the time that I give myself a day off every once in a while. So you've got to fit everything in. But... I really think if you're organized and if you know what your goals are, you can make it work because I might be in, you know, in a family with two parents, but it's two working parents and we have zero family help to the extent that I went through two of my childbirths uh, without my partner because uh, because he was looking after the other children. We've got no one ever wow. that takes the kids away on an afternoon it, they're never without us which I think is yeah. really lovely for them but it it can be really, really limiting um I just um I just got requested to do um a party at a certain date so I've got to go and compare diaries with my husband because it's not going to be somebody else um yes. I say would you be able to drop off to school pick up from, from school because it's a party in London it's a four-hour drive um yeah. drop off to school pick up from school and then it's on a day that um yeah on a day that all four of them have gymnastics at different hours oh. <laughs> some of them constantly some in of the gym yeah yeah exactly so uh you know what I wouldn't want to pretend that it's easy mm-hmm. But I really, really think that it can be done. And I think if your goals don't align with what you can do, then you know what? Just get get different goals, get different goals yeah. that will suit for right now. Because I think for anybody, there must be something you can do. 
even that's if it's just taking those small steps, isn't it? Yeah. So even if somebody is like, you know, if, if somebody is a full-time mom, they've got maybe three children or something like that, and they're finding it really difficult as well with childcare. Like I very rarely get childcare and I, you know, take the kids to school, pick them up and all of that. And it's fitting everything else in between, but yeah. it so can be done. I think that a lot of the time when you look at like how big maybe you want your business to be, or if you look at this big business goal that you've got, it's maybe so big that it just seems impossible. But if you just start taking those daily steps and just build it to that first level, and then when you get there, aim for the next level and the next level, it can be done, even if you do have lots of kids. Even if what you want to do is something that you're not even qualified in and at the moment seems like such a pipe dream, start small. Start by uh, researching what qualifications you're going to need and maybe, you know, getting a flyer or a book about them. There's always a step. There's always something you yes. can do. Um, I tell you, it's funny when um, when I thought I'd love to do more press, I read about David Icke, who I do not endorse and is is not a great friend to the Jews, but is um, uh, a good self-publicist. Um, I thought, how did he get to where he got? And I tell you, I did not even think that from a good place. I was like, how did he, <laughs> how did he get to where he got? And so I read a bit about him and it said that he started as a football commentator for his local paper. So I picked up the phone and rang my local paper and asked them if they want anything about astrology, if they wanted a horoscope or anything. They said to me, why would anyone want that? Did that deter me? Absolutely not. But that was a step. And even though it was an unsuccessful step, it was still a step that showed me that no beginning is too small. Yes. My local paper is just as good a place as any. I think the first time I was, I had my picture in any paper was in the Ham and High Gazette, Ham and High Informer, whatever it was called. Uh, It was the Hammersmith and Highgate um, local paper and they just took a picture of the local psychic fair and I was one of them no status to store and I used to give a lot of uh, comments to the Croydon advertiser and Croydon is in South London it's a small town uh, mostly famed for uh, that's where Kate Moss came from yes Kate Moss oh I used to love Kate Moss I used to watch everything she did such an icon such an icon (laughs) you're showing your age Camille But I gave a lot of quotes to the Croydon advertiser. And what's so funny is that when I went on Instagram for the first time, I thought, oh, let's look for people I know. And one of the people was my contact in the Croydon advertiser. And I saw a girl with the same name and I thought, that can't be her. This girl is like a massive interiors influencer in Australia with 100,000 followers. And it was her. Wow. (laughs) Yes. And we're still like, these and everything um so those connections those small steps they all count because what you're looking at is the big picture you're not looking at how much success you can attain from now till two months from now you're looking at how you're gonna do for retirement how you're gonna do a year from now how you're gonna do 10 years from now yeah because you know how much success can you attain realistically in a mainstream job in two months nothing nothing you you can impress somebody this is the thing as well this is a really really great point actually in that you're making is that some people that can be very short-sighted 
Mm. with what they want to achieve in such a short space of time, where really, if you look at the longevity and if you look at your business as a whole for its entire lifetime and the things that yeah. you're wanting to achieve within your life, then, you know, it's kind of like, what's the rush? I know everyone seems to be rushing nowadays. I want this now and I want it now. You've just got to look at the big picture and you've got to think about, right, how do I want this to be? Not just now or not next week. Yes, there are small steps to take, but to get to this big goal, this big vision and, and everything that you are wanting in your life, it's your whole life it's to build that long-term sustainability. Exactly. So um, I'll just sort of say it, I think is a good um, circle back sentence uh, because I've got to go and pick up the kids from school in two minutes, uh, with, you know, which is always going to be the um, the natural way to end things. Um, when I worked on Psychic TV, when I just started there, so it was the first interactive psychic show in the UK. Um, and and I was there for four and a half years, which is literally why I had a house deposit. It was such a, a lucky thing um, to, to get a phone call from them again from the Yellow Pages. Um, we had a very high profile psychic who was with us at the very beginning. I don't want to name names so that it's not like I'm name dropping, but it's somebody you definitely know. And he said to me, you know, it took me about seven years to achieve any level of success and maybe like you know 14 for it to be like you know really really good earner and I thought to myself you know seven years is manageable if I achieve a level of success seven years when I was like 26 20 certain level of success by 35 that would be amazing follow the advice uh take it as true and it was actually right on the nose because it was seven years before things sort of started coming to me really, really regularly. And there were, you know, a good amount of recognition where I wasn't just contributing my voice to um, to newspapers, but, you know, I was actually sort of being interviewed and profiled, you know, for, for who I am. Um, but seven years is all right, because even if you go into a mainstream job, how often do you expect to be promoted? How often do you expect to get an award or get recognition? Seven years is fine. Seven years is absolutely fine. I still say to people that, you know, that want to start in, in this kind of career, um, how do I do it? I go, no, just pay your dues. You know, do you think I could I could do like something for the press? Yeah, but, you know, give it a few years. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? You've just basically answered what I was going to ask you, what advice would you give to someone, anyone who's starting, who's thinking, you know what, I want to do this. I want to build this. I want to go start going to the press and, and getting as many as what you've got, if you like, because you are in the press all the time. And if somebody's looking up to you and thinking, right, how do I get in a position like Imbal's in? And you've just answered it there. You know what, seven yeah, years, how's that goal? Yeah, it takes time. And um, when I was just starting out, my friend Amanda, who is still my friend and who we're bringing out a product line, um, said to me, and I wish I could do her accent. She's uh, very Southern, um, slightly Cockney. She said, the press, read the press. So once you've got one credit, you go to town on it. You put it right front and center because the next time somebody says to you, you know, do, do you think you could do a comment? Do you know anybody that will do a comment? You can be like me, me. I can do a comment because I've already done stuff like that. Yeah. And once you've got like one TV spot, then the next person who's looking for somebody who has experience, you have experience. You've yes. done one. You've done one. One is so much more than zero. 
want yeah. is a thing. So, um, so I think patience is important. Saying yes to opportunities is my big, big thing. If an opportunity came in your way, it's not going to be for nothing. If yeah. an opportunity came in your way, it's for something. Don't, and really, don't be embarrassed to share your experience. People come to you because you're you, not because they want to go to somebody else. Yeah. So have at least that confidence that you're the best you that you can be. Oh, I love that. That is such a great way to finish. It so is. And you are incredible. Everything that you are doing, you are so amazing. I'm so in awe of you. Every time I speak with you and find out everything that you are doing, it's just incredible. You're building online courses now. You're doing so much stuff, building passive income. There's so many things. Thanks to you. Thanks to you. I've been wanting to do it for years and I just couldn't figure out how to put the first foot and thanks to you and how you're making it so accessible and how it looks so simple one step at a time. I wouldn't have been able to create passive income because because my stuff is very one-on-one. Wouldn't have been able to create passive income, wouldn't be able to create courses from this simplest thing of, you know, of knowing how to set up my laptop to make it, you know, to make it possible to film anything. I wouldn't have been able to do anything. I owe you so much. Oh, no, you are incredible. You really, really are. you. You are amazing. And thank you so much for coming on today and like sharing everything. Please let our listeners know where they can find you. So in the one way, I'm the easiest person to find online. If you can spell my name, you can find me. Inbal is with a double A. I N for November, not M for mother. I N B A A L. If you put a dot com on it, you found me. Um, if you put in Bar Psychic on Instagram, you found me and potentially um, some of my imposters. Um, a, a true psychic will never DM you offering a reading, uh, which is one way to tell them apart. Um, no, this is another psychic- thing, isn't it? The <laughs> amount of imposters that you get. And oh, I really feel for you all the time. Like, Imbal, there's another account that's pretending to be you. It's, oh, yeah. it's just, it's so many. Bless you. You have to deal with so many every week. Every day, yeah. Yeah. I'll put the real link to your Instagram in the show notes below so that if anybody's thinking, well, I want to come and find you on Instagram, I don't know if it's you or an imposter, I'll put the real link below. The real link will be below. Although I I think it's important to know that if you do follow me, the next person that follows you is going to be one of my It's going to be an imposter? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they go through my followers and then they go, um, yeah, I got locked out of my account. This is my new account or this is my alternative account or this oh, is the account that I use. to come up with. Reading. So bad. It's so Awful. bad. It's so bad. But I feel like this is the tax that we have to pay for using Instagram, which is such a simple, free, accessible, you know, international platform that we yeah, get. Yeah, but to. even still, I don't know anybody who gets it as bad as you do with imposters. I think no, it was because of all the TV appearances and the newspaper and everything Maybe. that you're in as well. It's, Maybe. Bless yeah, you, it's yeah. a lot. Yeah, but you deal with it so well. You do. As you're like, oh, it's just another one. Oh, it's as another m- one. Yeah, as much as I can. Um, And I don't like to post about it a lot because I want for my Insta to be a good time place, not like a depressing place. You know, when we look at criminals, they don't deserve the stage. My clients do. You are so right. So right. Oh, Imbal, thank you so much. This has been such an amazing chat. And I'd love to hear your journey and everything with growing your business and everything with your children and absolutely everything that you've been through to date. And 
oh, I'm just so honoured to be a part of your life as well and for us to know each other and for me to see where your business is going from now on. And thank you so much for coming and having this chat today. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you chatting to me. I feel so honoured. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. And thank you so much to everyone for listening. And we'll see you again next time. Bye for now. Bye.